Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on the Float Track Podcast. It is Thursday night. We just wrapped day five of the U.S. Olympic Trials. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. This is your unofficial post-meet show. Gordon, good evening. Unofficial? This is the official post-meet show. <laughs> Late night post-meet show for the East Coasters. It's over. It's past midnight. So thanks for tuning in if you're listening to this after midnight. This show is more geared towards West Coast because it's only 9 o'clock on mm. the West Coast. So... Uh, not the most exhilarating day of track and field, if I'm gonna be honest, but the the final at the end of the day on the women's steeple did have a little bit of drama that kind of came down to that final two laps, which we'll get into, I'm sure, shortly. But overall, I want to, yeah, overall it was an all right day. Nothing crazy. I mean, it's prelims, right? Prelim, prelims are prelims. A couple notable sprinters didn't qualify, but on the distance side, all the Distance prelims were basically chalk. And uh, the only distance final, which was the women's steeple, we knew our big two in Emma Coburn and Courtney Ferricks. The question was, who would get that coveted third spot now that Colin Quigley wasn't in the field? Mm-hmm. And, it well, and it went to Val Constein of Tracksmith, former Colorado buff, getting that third spot with a huge PB running 9-18. Yeah, and you mentioned – the drama associated with the fall with two laps to go with, with Leah Fallon, who I think, I mean, I had her picked for third. I think most people had her picked for third, especially after the prelims, but this is the steeplechase. So even though she had broken away with Coburn and Ferrix, this was strangely tactical in the beginning. You don't see that that often, even in championship steeples, because it's so crowded. You want to get out there and have room to maneuver. And it was still, it was not, it was slow. And, and they stuck together. Ferrix makes the move. Fallon responds, but then Fallon goes down. She still is running with that group. You still think, okay, can she can she recover? It obviously took a little bit out of her, threw, threw her off her rhythm. And then Constian emerges from that pack that included Fallon and Courtney Wamet 
among others and and gets that spot marissa howard in there as well too but yeah the best the best race of her life the fastest race of her life at the perfect time that's what the olympic trials are are all about coburn goes 909 frerichs 911 and constian at 918. yeah i mean that fall that fallon had she looked good up there with the big two you thought like it maybe should she kind of stay back and try to just mm -hmm. win that race for third but she was going forward up front and that fall man even though she was able to gather herself and get right back into it with two laps to go all that energy that kind of gets sucked out of you after a fall like that it's kind of hard to come back from and clearly she used up that energy just to recoup herself get in the mix for one more lap but then yeah. she just didn't have it in the final 300 final 200 and uh man but still hey she put herself in it this is a steeple man so many crazy things happen people falling on final barriers we see people who are about to make a team and then that last barrier they fall so that's the yeah that's what steeple is it's just it's just wild there's different flavors of falling in the steeple chase there's kind of what happened when you know if it happens earlier in the in the race like what happened when you know Frerichs went down you you can recover and you have time to to do it then there's the falling in the water pit over the last you know or on the last hurdle which just ends the race entirely Fallon was in the middle ground a bit where she was able to recover but by that point the pace had been picked up so much that losing any sort of time then was really detrimental to her trying to get top three and you're right she was able to jump right into that that group but she was with the top two she wasn't with four through eight at that point she was with those top two and it just set her back and obviously threw off the rhythm and you, you wonder too when something like that you're two laps from your dream everything is going well up to that point and then in an instant everything changes and you're watching it evaporate in front of you it has to be hard to recover even though she still had a chance at that point to make it the mental toll that that it takes is is probably almost as difficult as the physical toll yeah and you know val earned her spot she ran 9 18 34 which is the fifth fastest time ever for an american yeah. uh she just beat leah fallon's pb of nine 1885 from 2016. Uh, so another woman in their prime kind of running in the nine teens is what you want to see. So that our big three now, which is a big two, start getting challenged more as we go on in this next Olympic cycle with the Olympics this year, 2022, 2023, et cetera. So. Mm -hmm. You mentioned she was on the Colorado team that won the title, right? With uh, Sage Herda was on that team looked pretty good in the in the 800 today of course Danny Jones on there as well so that group of seven uh, has has done really well for themselves post collegiately and in Herta's case well just now <laughs> turning post collegiate after uh turning pro the rest of the meet like you mentioned today was more of a table Snooze setter fest. it was ta a table Snooze setter. Fest. no no, no. table setter no. no that was not it was snoozing the women's 800s were awesome because it was survival of very few, very few. Survival of the extremely fit at that point. Because what was it? Two, top two in each heat were the only ones that were guaranteed. There were five heats. There weren't that many small cues. And 
early on, you could tell it was going to take something quick to to advance. And and you look at these times, Gordon, you look at the names of the people who were not involved. So Chanel Price wins the first one right off the bat, 159.86. And I think everybody just followed suit from there. And then you have a situation where 201.31, I believe, was the last time in, in terms of, or sorry, 201.42 was the last time in. So you had to run that fast just to get to, not to the final, to the semis. And then you look at the names that didn't get in, like Hiltz, like Brenda Martinez, you know, there were some big Sinclair Johnson, Aaliyah Miller. There were some big players here that did not even get out of the first round. I could see not making the final, but there are a lot of people that did not even get out of the first round. So that was exciting to watch because we've gotten conditioned in this meet, in these prelims. Oh, everybody's going to get through. Everybody's going to get through. Even the people who probably don't have his chance moving through. There were some people eliminated that in this race you thought could potentially make it to the final. But I want to ask you this question. Who do you think looked the best? Because yes, some big names went out, but we still saw Ajay Wilson advance, a thing Mo advanced, Raven Rogers advanced, Hannah Green, Kate Grace, Sabrina Sutherland, Price, I mentioned her earlier. Who looked the best, do you think? I think two women looked the best. And neither of them are a thing, Mo. I just really thought that Hannah Green and Ajay Wilson looked good. Even though Hannah Green lost to a thing, Hannah just had like a little bit of like an acceleration on that home stretch that I thought was very impressive. And Ajay Wilson just controlled her heat. Um, those are the two I thought looked the best. And it makes sense that I think they're going to look the best. They both made the team in 2019. They've done this many times. They're vets. So it makes sense. But then in reality, though, I think the entire field of 16 all looked good. Like, I don't think anyone qualified luckily or qualified like, oh, my God, I can't believe you, you made it. I think mm -hmm. from the top down, from, you know, a thing Mo, Chanel Price, all the way down to the 201 girls who qualified, I think they all kind of looked good. Um, I, but if I just had to say my eye test, I thought Hannah Green and Ajay Wilson had the best eye test to me. Mm -hmm. Wilson um, just did what you thought she was going to do, and she's so poised. You see her coming down the home stretch, and there's even when there's people behind her, she almost has this innate sense of exactly how hard she needs to go. I thought Mo's race strategy was interesting, just controlling it from the front. I think that she showed that she was super confident. Again, we're all waiting to see you know how she's going to match up with. Ajay Wilson, and we're not going to see it in the semis because they are in different semis, which is going to build even more drama to the final if they both get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think both the women that you mentioned look solid. It was, they all were honest efforts here. It didn't seem like there was any fluky instances of, of anybody having a bad day because of something weird happening. Two high schoolers got through. We should mention that. It's the year of the high school uh, women's 800. Uh, Roisin, Willis, and Whitaker got through. Juliet Whitaker both both advanced through to the to the semi. So I, I think this sets up for a really, really compelling semifinal. And as expected, you're going to have an eight. I think you're going to have an eight-person final. I've said this before. And you're going to feel good about Athingmo and Ajay Wilson. And then I think the rest of the field – is at least going to have a, a decent shot at, at ma making the team. I don't think there's going to be anybody in the final 
who you give no chance to, because I think everybody is going to just to get through is going to be in that 158, 159 range. And you got to figure if things break right, they'll be able to advance. I'm just going to save talking about this race until after the next round, because yeah, nothing happened. We we just saw a start list is what we saw. Hey, I got excited on the start list. Too flat. You got, I, you got, got a little too excited. Right. I didn't know how you were able to fill like three and a half minutes of talk of a bunch oh. of the top runners running too flat. So you did a good job. I mean, you, good people went out. Good people went out. And Not really, though. Good. Not really. You're, come on. Some good people Sinclair went Johnson's out. Johnson's a 1,500-meter runner. Clearly, Brendan Martinez wasn't in shape. Like there wasn't anyone that was actually good that got like, oh my god, I can't believe you got out leaned and now you're not going. You're, but, you're okay. You're make, maybe I think the, you're trying to turn this into something bigger than it is because we needed more in this meet, and we just this was the you know the most sexiest thing we had when compared to all the other stuff. So you're turning. I'm I'm just I'm just being real, man. This will be no. good tomorrow. Tomorrow this race will be good because we will see actually good runners get eliminated who prove that they're fit because they ran too flat today. So I'm excited for tomorrow. There's people who ran too flat though that didn't this year that didn't get through. That's my, that's my point. Like Brendan Martinez ran 159.8 this year. Sinclair Johnson ran 159.9 this year. They're fast runners yeah. that did not advance. I know some, but just because law of averages, some of them didn't need, weren't going to go through. And you could have told me, hey, they're probably not going to make the final. But we're talking about the semis. They didn't even make the semis. Again. Aaliyah Miller, too flat. There's a lot of good people here who aren't going through. I just think it shows the depth right now of U.S. women's 800-meter running, how good it is top to bottom. So you can spin it the way of it's it's boring, but I think it's crazy that uh, <laughs> it's crazy that someone that good – two 159 women did not make it out of the first round. And the – like they had bad races, like they would; those were not the best races of their careers. But it also took two hundred one to get through. It wasn't a situation that we saw with the men's five k, where like three people didn't get to advance. It was tough yeah, to well, get I just through, think that, and, and it cut out really good people. I just think clearly, Brenda Martinez was not a one fifty nine shape runner today, and I think she hadn't run since May, and now it makes sense. So, like, and. Sinclair Johnson, we saw what she did in the 1500, so it made sense, the performances. I'm just saying, like, we didn't see someone who we, we – we can say they ran 159. Yes, technically they ran 159, but they weren't 159 runners who got eliminated today. They were – we ran 159 a few months back, and now we're more like a 202 runner, and now we're eliminated. They both, ran 159. they both ran 150. Hold on. No, 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 no. You can't just raise up. They both ran 159 on May 9th, a couple months ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago. How many people are racing a ton between May 9th and now? Yes, I agree. It would have been more impactful if they did it 10 days ago, but you're acting like it happened back in the, the, the COVID year. Like, oh, in January of uh, uh, 2020, they ran 159. No, they recently showed shape. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I won't belabor the point. Anymore, Trevor says that you're yucking my yum, and I agree. Stop yucking the yum. Yucking uh, Brandon wants yum. to know: Would this 800 be more exciting if there were three Olympic trials instead of just one? Yes, it would be 100 percent more exciting. I'm, I'm telling you, man, that take. It's I. The more and more I think about it, I've made a graphic about how it would work. Like yeah, you do 
the 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 obviously you do three Olympic trials. The first one, it's regular where twenty four go to eight, so it's like an NCA format. Twenty four prelim, eight in the final, and you do that again on the second trials. But the third trials, the people who it's a straight final, and the field is made up of second through fifth place from the first trials and second through fifth place from the second trials. So therefore, encourages you to run well because you can clinch a spot in the third trials. That's I apologize like to everybody for bringing this up. I, I apologize you. to everybody for talking about And this. also, Travis ah. wrote the title, calling it Gordon's Trash Idea. <laughs> Not a trash idea. <laughs> it was good. It's a good I idea. For the record, yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just think Gordon's about actually it. called. Mind. Gordon's actually called NBC and he scheduled this all out. He said, how about, yeah. would you guys put track on primetime TV for a month? And they are all good with it. All right. Let's move on to the 1500. Do you want to talk about the 1500? Okay, um, we had 30 guys, and actually yeah. really was only 29 guys because Brandon Kidder You scratched. should like this. And we you went should like this because you don't to like 24. people getting we, eliminated. You didn't like the women's 800 because really? you don't like people getting eliminated. So you should love this. This was another formality. This was what's wrong with – this is why we need three different trials. I'll, I'll, no, I'll stop, get off that point. Stop, stop. I'm off the point. I'm sorry. I, I won't bring that up again. Uh, but, yeah, it was – I mean, we get – zero data 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 is it data or data we get zero information from this round zero like yeah. there's not a single thing you can say from watching this race they'd be like oh yeah or like uh, yeah like there, there's zero data points i don't mm -hmm. care if you finish first sixth got in on time nothing i guess the only thing i got out of this race was ben blankenship when they showed a close-up of him finishing he finished like eighth in his heat or something like that he clearly thought he was done he was waving to the crowd like i made the olympics in 2016 i'm just here i didn't run all season and then he actually qualified he clearly did not think he qualified he was like jogging it in but because he just happened to be in a fast seat he qualified i thought that was the funniest moment when ben blankenship accidentally extended his season one extra race i thought that was funny i got out of it that hobbs kessler has a little tactical acumen in him we were watching that first heat and i said the only way kessler doesn't advance is if his heat happens to be the slowest heat and he gets into a kicking contest over the last 200 with with some vets and his heat wasn't the most stacked but there were some guys in there with some significant credentials next to their name or at least some decent credentials next to their name and he showed that he could kick just fine with all of them he made a pretty direct move to get outside in that last hundred. And then once he got outside, he was free and clear and looked really strong. I still think making the finals is a solid goal for him, but I thought, I don't know how this, this guy's going to react to being in a tactical race. He hasn't had a race like this before, let alone the pressure of the Olympic trials, just rounds and tactics at a, a meet with this level of depth. He hasn't done it before. So I thought he gets an A from me for getting through this first round um, free and clear. And winning it was the cherry on top, but just advancing and looking in control is a really good sign for Hob Hobbs Kessler going into the, the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you. He did show a little bit of a little burst there in that final 100. That you kind of hard, It's hard to know with an athlete who hasn't been in many races, especially tactical races. Um, so you, there's just a lot of 
newness to his game and seeing him have a little bit of an acceleration was definitely like, okay, he 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 can control himself through a slow yeah. race. And it definitely showed me that he can make the final. Still not ready to put him top three, but final, yes. Yeah. I mean, so I don't also- decide who's top three. They do, but <laughs> for the record. <laughs> they, they do do that. Thompson was second in that heat. Heat two, as you mentioned, uh, a bunch of qualifiers there, everybody but one, and then heat three, everybody but one. Hawker, Suleiman, Engels, and Centro. That was the most star-studded of the heats. Hawker ran this, and then much to Gordon's chagrin, scratched out of the 5,000. We asked him, he, when we asked him in the post-race press conference of, after the 15, he said, Are you, I asked if you're running the 5K, he said, we haven't decided yet. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, maybe he's going to do it, but he didn't. I'm telling you, he could have done it. Watching that 5K, come on. He could have done it and had it as a backup plan. And he's so talented enough. I don't think running a 1345K tonight is going to affect his 1500 tomorrow. I just don't. I think he's yeah. talented enough. But he looked good. doesn't matter. My dreams of his double are gone. Oh, well. <laughs> Moving on. He, he oh, looks, he looks this solid. This is the thing, though. He looks solid, but I'm just going to start preparing for this. He does not have the standard. And he also does not – he's not in the world ranking quota right now. He has a, a world ranking point score of 1,205. I don't know. I mean, he's going to need to hopefully make either the prelim, the next round, like a 336-35 race or the final 336-35 because he needs, he needs another 335, I think. He doesn't need a 334 because that would be a standard. But I think he needs one more 335 to bump up his world ranking. Okay. You do this in the 800, but tell him exactly what he should do. He needs – I mean, I don't know what he should do. I mean, I, I would say, hey, man, make your the second round honest. Try to run 335 in the second round. Kill two birds with one stone. You're going to guarantee you're in the fast heat. You can guarantee you're going to qualify. And you just need another 335, 336 to your resume. If you run, if, if you qualify and run 339 in the second round and then make top three by running 339, you might not go to the Olympics. You need to have at least another 336, 335 on your resume. And you have two more races to do it. He looks comfortable leading. He led from the gun here, but... At going at 335 pace, 339 pace, a bit a bit different, but huh. So we thought he might be able to get it. We thought he might be able to get it. We're getting a request. Can you can you can we bring up the world rankings thing again and show explain this, break this down, Gordon? Because this could be okay. an issue. Can we can we get Travis? This, yeah, to I mean, that up okay. There? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna text Travis the actual link to use. Use this link, Travis. Okay. Not the other world ranking link. We're doing this by request of of Rose Runner Travis, and using like Ryan I just said, Jackson. Yeah. Here we go. They want us to go in depth, okay. or you so to go in depth. Change, here. change, go back up and change the countries to U.S. only, and make it men's fifteen. Yeah. Should. Oh wait, no. Again, I don't know why it's stuck. Just maybe click the re- refresh to fifteen hundred. <laughs> Sorry, people. Technical difficulties. This is, this is what they wanted, though. This is what they wanted. 
I think you have to redo the 15. It's like it's stuck on 15. Change to 15, like reselect 15. <laughs> yeah. And then go back. Yeah, there you go. And then go. There you go. Now do countries, USA. Here we go. People are going to see this. Not Uruguay, USA. Close enough. So if you scroll down, right now, you see the people who have the standard. The people in the world ranking quota are Gregoric and Prekel. And if you notice, Cole Hawker there is in 42nd place. So I believe it's top 40 or go or 40, I think, make it to the Olympics. Regardless, so if you click on Hawker's profile, just click on his name, Travis, you'll see it pop up. And you can see his, uh, his current resume. So it's his five best performances. It includes his 350 indoor mile, includes NCA indoors 353, includes his outdoor 335, the Oregon Twilight 336, and the Hayward Premier 338. If you look at it, they all have different points. It's really weird because the Hayward Premier meet is rated differently from an indoor meet versus now. It's all stupid, whatever. Uh, but if you look at it, right now his weakest performance is the Hayward Premier meet where he ran 338.9 which gave him 1,135 points, which brings his average down because his average right now is 1,205. He needs to bump that number out. So he needs to replace that 1,135 with another like 1,200 type performance. And in order to get that 1,200 type performance, he needs to be probably in the 336, 335 range because USA's is a B category meet. So that's what he needs to do. He needs to, he, he can't be running 339s. He needs to be running at least one more 335. Even better if he runs two 335s, but at least okay. one. I'm seeing that 45, the field size is 45 for the Olympics. Okay, so the reason why uh, he's 42nd and not in is because there are people who are taking up spots that are like the, the charity spot. Hey, you get one person per country, so you're in? Well, it says... Sense? Well, what I'm reading here, it says, in addition to the 45 qualifying through timer, this is Wikipedia, in addition to the 45 qualifying through timer ranking, then they add in the universality athletes. Okay. Well, if you, no, if you go back to the top, Travis, this is a fun little podcast. We're talking about click uh, changes so all countries are there visible instead of just USA, and you'll see what, what happens. Just change it all. Okay. So the basically the, the left rail is the order of pretending there's only three per country. So people get in on time, you scroll down, mm -hmm. you keep on scrolling down, and then you'll get to the unbolded, which are the people who aren't in the... So right now, all these people have the standard, so they're in. So the number of people who get in via the standard, if you keep going, keep going, get down to the people who are in the world ranking quota. Boom, right there. So back up, back up a little bit to the top. This is a great podcast if you're listening to it. So right now, yeah, so... The, there are 39 people, when you only take three per country, have the standard, right? And you need to get to a okay. field of 45. So that Benjamin and Zema takes up 40, accepted universality place. Then 41 goes to a ranking person. 42 goes okay. to a ranking person. 43, ranking person. So 45, you see the points he needs to hit. If you scroll down to 45, I can't seek his mind. 1208. So he's literally the first one out. So oh, 1208. 1208 is the last man in points wise, and he has 1205. So he needs to improve by three points on his average. He's the first one out. So, Charles okay. Gretton has the, yeah, so it makes sense. 
Okay, so we could assume that his performances would bump him up in the trials if he gets top three? But if it's a slow top three, it won't bump him. It okay. needs to be a fast top three. Like if they if third is like 340, I don't think that would be good enough. Okay, so I think you confuse people more. So what's the bottom line here after doing this deep dive? Well, obviously you need to be top three in order to go, but in either tomorrow's race or the final, he needs to run 336, 335 to be safe. 335 lock, 336 likely, 337 on the bubble, 338, I don't know. That's like the that's the scale of times. Okay. Gotcha. Obviously, three thirty four, and it's guaranteed because that's the standard. So, okay, so that's good to know going in because that will be a yeah. storyline for sure. And then, just so people know, we're not doing the chasing thing this time. Yeah, there's no chasing. So he's got two chances. Yeah. Semi tomorrow and the final, and, the final. and that's yep. it. And beating, if you win. But it's a t and you beat Matt Centrowitz and Craig Engels, and you win by 10 seconds in the most impressive Olympic trials performance ever. <laughs> but it was you... weird and tactical. You're not going to get any credit for that, correct? No, no, no. We're, we're just looking at times. Because you, you do get credit for your place, right? You do get a little more credit for a second over third. But the baseline is the time you're in. Time, so time, yeah. Yeah. Winning with a four flat fifteen hundred would be detrimental, right? You need a win with a, a decent third, time. Third with a three thirty six would be better than first with a three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah, correct. Cool. That's weird, right? There you go. It is weird, but I'm glad you did the deep dive there. Uh, I'm yeah. sure Travis will post that everywhere, so everyone has a really long explainer about what to watch for in the next. Uh, two heats. It's funny the, seeing him be the first one out right there. That visual. Yeah, for sure. He's sitting right on the right on the bubble. But I mean, what what more could he have done? It's not like he never ran this year, and it's not like he never took advantage of the opportunities to run fast. Twilight was fast. NCAA's were all fast, just not quite fast enough. I guess okay. if he had a longer season. But let's do a little experiment. So Cole Hawker, we see his resume. His three fifties, three three thirty fives. Let's look yeah. at Charles Grethen's resume, who just happens to be right above him. Luxembourg. So this is Charles Grethen. He has a 336, a 338, 339, and two 337s. So I would argue Cole Hawker's resume is much better. But if you notice, he did all these marks at higher degree meets, yeah. aka an A-level meet, a C-level meet, whereas... Cole Hawker is doing it in his backyard. It's considered an F-level meet. So even though Cole is running faster, he's not getting as much credit for it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Hawker won NCAAs, but Mr. Grethen got second at the Internationals Flingen Sport Fest Boongartenstadion <laughs> in Relingen. So who's to say who's the better runner, really? The 56th annual version of that. Sorry. My apologies to the storied history of that great meet. <laughs> okay, and a, a little history lesson here too for, for the young people out there. World rankings, they're new. If this yes. was the old way, it would be standard or nothing. 
So then Hawker would go in knowing in the next two rounds, he needs to run that time, that break that 335, or he's not going, and it would go to the next fastest or the, the highest placer with the standard. That's, yeah. that's what it would go to. So if in fourth place it was Josh Thompson, then Josh Thompson would get to go. Or if there was nobody there until seventh or eighth place, it would go to that finisher. That's how it used to be done. And every Olympic trials, it seemed like there would be some sort of standard issue with the men's 1500. And they always say they were going to run fast and they never would. Now, Hawker, different type of dude. I feel like Hawker would go out and do it. And we've seen, obviously, prelim time is PR time this year for Nagus and, uh, and others. So we've seen people go real, real big in the prelims. I think he, he would have the capability to actually get it, get it done. And if he did, I'd send him one of my shirts that I'm now selling uh, for a limited time only at the Flowtrack Podcast store. You can see it right there. That's actually me in Doha at the 2019 World Championships back when we were actually at Meet Gordon. Can we put that up? Alon, you got to put up my shirt, man. You got to let the people say it. There we go. There should, it is. should we change it from prelim time is PR time to prelim time is update your world ranking time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't exactly. flow off the tongue as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on to another event. We cover the 1500. We'll go back to Kessler in a little bit to talk about him going pro. Uh, men's fifth or men's 5,000, I think there's not really much to say. Uh, you mentioned only six guys have the standard in that in the final. Chilimo, Borg, Kincaid, Fisher, Tier, and Jenkins. Everybody got through. They rarely qualify or they barely eliminate anybody. Uh, the sentimental favorites seem to be Garrett Heath. You're making a lot of age jokes, which really hit home. For me, because I'm older than Garrett Heath, so I did not appreciate that. But he gets through uh, on time. But they did not cut out that many people. So we have a final where six guys have the standard. Was this the first time that Casey Klinger has beaten Connor Metz? You know, I don't know. And I think that's an interesting takeaway from this meet and this event. <laughs> To go with that. I want to talk about Garrett Heath. Apparently he found out two days ago, according to McFleet, that he got into the trials. So that's pretty cool. Made the final. I think it's going to be tough sledding for him in that final. Have your picks changed at all? You probably feel pretty good about Tier. He had a little trip up there, but he's unflappable. Unflappable. Yeah, my picks feel good. Emmanuel um, Bohr look good, but Chalimo look controlled. Kincaid and Fisher are definitely going to be in the mix. Um, I could easily see it become, you know, Chalimo, Kincaid, and Fisher, and that's what. And then Cooper Tier is like the fourth man out. But hey, if one of the Bowerman guys, you know, has an off day, I could see Cooper Tier getting into that top three, which would be pretty wild for him to uh, make it make his first Olympic team in college. Pretty crazy. I don't want to go down the standard road again, but. Does anybody have a chance on world rankings outside of those six, or is this really just about these six? Um, like is, what's what's Nico Young's world ranking? Just kidding. Don't look it up. Do not look it up. I don't want to. Uh, so Hassan Mead is in the world ranking quota. Okay. So that's good for him. Okay. Even and he, he looks pretty there. good. We he haven't seen good, Hassan. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have not seen him in a while. Nico Young looks good. I mean, we didn't make the prelims, didn't make out of the prelims in the NCAA meet, but made it out in the Olympic trials. 
1336 for him. His close looked pretty good. 56, 56-6 in that heat. Uh, in there with Paul Chalimo. Good, great experience for him mixing it up. And now he's in a Olympic trials final. It's just weird when you see the college kids not make NCAA finals and then make it to Olympic trials finals. It's weird. And every situation is so different that you can't say, oh, it's because of this or because of that. But it's just strange how it how it works out. So a good ending to if this is the end of young seasons, good, good ending, good to end on a on a positive note instead of uh, getting knocked out earlier than you thought. I mean, there are nine, nine of the 16 5K finalists are in college. Really? Oh, Ratcliffe, Beatlescombe, Brandt. Yeah, Klinger, Mance, Shanklin. Tier, Herrera. None of the college kids, all the college kids qualified. The only people who didn't qualify were either unattached or sponsored. Oh, that's wild. All right. Okay. to be young. Women's 200 first round. I was prepared to just, okay, check off the boxes. Yeah, like chalk, chalk, chalk. Everybody got through. No one's getting knocked out. But then they started laying down some insane times. Like you had the first heat. World world leading times. Yeah. Yeah. So you had the first heat. And I was interested in the first heat because I want to see Cambridge start just coming back from the 100. You know, she is the double NCAA champ, but things didn't go well for her in the 100. Comes back, runs 22-37. I was like, that's pretty quick. Heat two, a Navy battle, who is a sleeper in this in this event. I think she could make some noise from Ohio State. She runs 22-37. I was like, all right, so I'm getting a pretty good baseline for what's going on. Then heat three comes, and Jenna Prandini just takes off, slows down, but doesn't slow down enough to not get a PB. Like she runs 22-14, and she jogged, absolutely jogged, the last 15 meters. It looked like Centro in an opening round. Like that's how, like her arms dropped and she was just chilling across the line. So I said, okay, that's ridiculous that she just did that in an opening round. There's two rounds to go. If she ran through the line, she'd have been sub 22 and sub 22s are rare. But sub 22s aren't that did, rare, Gordon. It took one more heat you? and then Gabby Thomas runs 2198. It's so weird seeing Texas Twitter account. I have like a Jenny, Jenna Prandini graphic. You know, like, yeah, she went to Oregon, Oregon. like all that from California, but she's a volunteer coach, and so she gets her own little Texas Longhorn graphic. Anyway, continue. No, that was totally worth breaking up what I was talking about. Uh, so Gabby Thomas then goes sub 22, and sub 22 is always that that marker in the women's 200 that divides the good from the great, and she gets a PB. Now it looked like she ran more through the line, but I doubt she was going all the way full throttle. So she drops her personal best. Thomas does from 2217 down to 2198. As you mentioned, the world lead. Allison Felix also advanced. So we have a we have a very interesting um women's 200 coming up because you had Thomas and Pranini do really well in the 100 but didn't qualify. They look really solid there. I want to see what's happening with the collegians there. It's Sturgis in battle. Um, obviously, Brittany Brown is there. Tiana Daniels made it in the 100. Allison Felix um, made it as well. Don't know how much she was exerting. Was she cruising or is 
is her best event now the quarter? I don't know, but obviously you'd say Thomas and Prandini are the clear favorites after round one. They did as much as they could to, to separate themselves from anybody else. I think that you can do in a first round scenario. Yeah. And, uh, for those who don't know, we did a workout Wednesday with Gabby, Gabby Thomas. You were there mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas. And now she's running 2198. She might be she might get an Olympic medal with the way she's running. Check out yeah. that workout Wednesday. It's on our site. It's also on our YouTube channel. Not the Flow Check Podcast YouTube channel, the other one. Uh, but yeah, you, you got a little fun little back and forth with her and Morlakea Kinnison and her coach, Tanja Buford Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, twenty one ninety eight is yeah. what what is definitely metal contender, yes. not even contender, metal like favorite. If you're running sub twenty two, you are a metal favorite. Yeah, because everything goes crazy in the in the two hundred, men or women, doesn't matter. Things go go haywire. Did we put this tweet up yet? Because it's always good to check in. Michael Johnson's been been tweeting a lot, so let's see what he has to say about this. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't excited about the women's 200. <laughs> Come on, Michael. What are we doing here? Times have been so-so to this point. Half the field coming into prelims were collegians. But this is good. All right. All right. We sold Michael Johnson. Sometimes. Do we have a confidence read, check yet on Michael Norman like for Michael Johnson? Do we have an update on that one? The way Michael Johnson tweets about track and field is the way Magic Johnson tweets about the NBA. It's very like. I mean, it's not as it, 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 if this was a Magic Johnson tweet, it would have been like, "Women's two hundred coming up, so many competitive women in this race." It, it like he's kind of putting in, he's kind of throwing a little bit of shade here. Like Magic Johnson wouldn't go that far, I don't think. Magic Johnson throws in shade all the time. He does. Okay, I just see the ones where yeah. he's like, he's like, "There's a game on tonight." He's basically just texting somebody, but he's doing it <laughs> publicly on Twitter. On Twitter. I, listen, you had you obviously you, you don't have Richardson in there, which you'd love to see. But again, this is as exciting as a first round as you could see in this event, given that it's it was missing names. But the two hundred is always going to miss names. That just when it's at the end of the meet, that just always seems to be how it's set up. But as you mentioned, yes, Thomas Prandini, if they continue, I mean, if you go sub twenty two, you are a metal threat. We don't know what Shawna Miller Weber is going to do. I feel good about Dina Asher Smith. She's She's solid in this event. You don't know if Fraser Price is going to double back or Elaine Thompson, hurrah. In Doha, there was this huge list of people that you thought would make it there to the end of the 200, and it ended up being Dean Asher-Smith as the main headliner. Then you had Brittany Brown and Cambodia of Switzerland, which very few people had on their card. And then you had Angie Nellis uh, in fourth. So, yeah, this is a good event to be in. Um right now if you're trying to get a medal because you just don't know what the rest of the um top women like where their focus is going to be 100 200 400 um oh serenity posted this who's going to come back on saturday i believe back by popular demand uh, serenity douglas tiana daniels 200 flannel 200 prandini 200 davis in the long jump saunders in the long jump davis uh that's jamaica in the hundred and then Brockman, the third in the 400 meter hurdles. So getting a lot of uh, athletes through. We saw Oregon getting a lot of athletes through as well. 400 meter hurdles for the men, unpredictable. 
we had some favorites go out, Gordon. Probably two of the top, what would you say, five had issues and would yeah. not advance. You could argue three of the top eight. You know, Quincy felt there a little video of him. He uh, he clipped the hurdle of Aldrich Bailey. We can show. We'll we'll get Elon to put it up on the screen momentarily. There it is. So if we watch it back. This was on I think the eighth hurdle. I think it's the eighth hurdle on the curve. So he yeah. just like hits Aldrich's uh, hurdle with his knee, and then it goes down. Quincy Downing, he's former LSU Tiger, who's run I think in the forty eight. So he could have made a he could have snuck onto the team. And then he had Quincy Hall, uh, NCAA champion in the 400 hurdles from 2019, who uh, got hurt. You see them there wincing. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> This is like the worst heat. You have Hall wincing on the ground, and then Burrell, who fell there on the eighth or yeah. ninth hurdle, also going down. So there's a lot of carnage here in the hurdles. We uh, tried to break the news to Rye Benjamin, who kind of cruised through the um, – Wow, Travis got so many gifts of all the falls here. Look at this. Another one. There's the, the look at Chambrell. He just he he leapfrogs. He's somersault cartwheel. Double he double somersaults, maybe almost. Yeah. Uh, he runs he's young. I so. love yeah, he'll be back. I love the way he runs. Like it's so aggressive. You saw that at NCAAs, and it always looked like he was just slightly out of enough out of control to really keep you on the edge of your your seat going back to that um that first fall though they knocked over aldrich bailey's hurdle so he hurdles air here and he but he got through and i was happy for it because that's really got APR'd. to you apr APR. yeah i think he went sub 50. oh no did he <laughs> oh he did he went 49.99 yeah it, yeah yeah and but it, like that's that you you do not Maybe you do plan for this if you're a four-meter hurdler, but you don't really count on it happening, someone hitting your hurdle. Yeah. Anyway, Glock Carnage, Rod Benjamin kind of had a little stutter step in his round because he's not used to running 49 seconds, which is like crazy because everyone <laughs> else runs that all out. And he's like, I had to run slow. I had to run 49. Who yeah. says I'm not used to running that slow? And that slow is like a top like 30 time in the world. Crazy. Well, you could see it. Um, he chopped. He chopped yeah. his steps on the first two. His rhythm was all off, and it never really put his race in doubt. But he was talking about it more in depth after, just like you change one thing in hurdles, and it's a pattern. So you go from throwing, running forty-seven pattern to forty-nine, and that changes your entire approach to the race. I'm guessing the trade-off is worth it because you save energy, and you don't want to run a forty-seven when you got to go run two more rounds. But yeah, the first two hurdles did not did not look like Rye Benjamin at all, and then things evened out and sorted out. But I mean, he can he can make the team on that. So uh, on that sort of wonky race, he can he can still get it done. So I think that was all the oh women's uh, women's shot today. We got another three women making the U.S. team. Gordon. Yeah. Uh, do you want to break down what we saw there? Yeah, so it was exciting. Back and forth, uh, Raven Saunders broke the meet record, uh, which was, I mean, a big a big PB for her. She throws 1996. And then in the fourth round, that was in the third round, fourth round, Jessica Ramsey comes back 20.12, huge uh, PB and breaks the record as well, the meet record. So 20.12 to 1996, Ramsey over Saunders. 
Adelaide Akia of Ohio State, 1895, gets the final spot three centimeters better than Maggie Ewan. Uh, Akia is coached, um, coached by Joe Kovacs' wife, who also coaches Joe Kovacs. She's a great coach, is what I'm saying. She's an amazing, Ashley Kovacs is an amazing coach because she's putting people uh, on shot put teams left and right. So um, congrats to, to those three. Some upsets, though. I think we were talking about Ely possibly making the team. She finished in fifth, and Ewan, of course, uh, made the team as well. But big, big throw for Ramsey out over 20 meters. Yeah. And they all get to go because they all have the standard. Good, <laughs> good competition. Not much I can to add go. to that. They all get to I go. Do love, get to... I do love Adelaide Aquila's name. It's a great – it flows really well. Adelaide Aquila. Best name in track right Moving now. on. Okay. Um, just saying. Just saying. No, it's good analysis there. Death Eats? Death Eats? Are we, we previewing tomorrow? No, no, no. Death Eats? We're not, no, no. We're not there yet. Uh, schedule oh. change. It's going to be hot in Eugene. We've heard that yes. a lot. So men's 5K, women's 10K are going to be in the morning instead of in prime time. Listen, I get it. When you say 111 degrees, that's something that nobody trained for at all. But it's a bummer that they're not going to get to race in prime time. And I know people will be able to watch it and find it, and they'll probably reshow the race in prime time, but loses a little bit of the the magic there. I think it's the right decision, given how given how hot it's supposed to be. But it's just gonna be weird. Women's ten thousand will be at ten a.m. local, and then men's five thousand the same time on Sunday. Yeah, I guess before we talk about tomorrow's death heats, a couple of news things happened, right? Uh, Hobbs Kessler going pro makes sense, right? You got to do it. You, uh, track, uh, salaries don't come around that often. Track pro careers aren't, mm -hmm. don't grow on trees. You got to do what you got to do. I did, uh, it, it's cool that he's still going to go to NAU, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's going to like probably train in Flagstaff during the fall. I did hear that maybe he'll be like a, like a student manager on the NAU cross country team be kind of wild see him still get to wear the NAU gear, but just not get to run with them. Maybe he still goes on the long runs together, but uh, maybe he'll still win an NCAA title. He'll just do it as the team manager, which I guess, does that still count? I think that still counts, right? He'll be in the You're photo. Pretty, pretty overqualified team manager. If you ask me, uh, I think the key part here is staying with the same coach because of all the improvements he's had, you think, well, why do you want to change that? And his trading group and his coach are seasoned. They're veterans. They know what they're doing. So he'll able he'll be able to do that by going pro. He's going to go to Flagstaff but for the fall, I read in the track and field news article, but still be coached by Ron Warhurst, and then he'd be back in the spring and summer. So it gives him a time to go to altitude, experience college, lay down some good base training for – next season but still remain in that same setup because as we mentioned before he had a different setup than the majority of even elite high schoolers have in terms of training some with nick willis and mason furlick and having a coach like warhurst that's that's been around the block and knows how to coach milers specifically so not a surprise at all when you run 334 and you're a high school senior 
there's really only one only one path forward. For those wondering, uh, the last time Casey Klinger beat Connor Mance was in 2015 at the Utah State Track and Field Championships in both the 1600 and the 800. Hold up. Hold up. Did you text Isaac Wood? And it was – I know I'm looking at it, mile split, comparing profiles. The last uh, time Casey Klinger beat Connor Mance was 2015. That's what, six years ago. It was close too, 413.3 to 413.6, 157.8 to 158.2. And now we saw finally Casey Klinger. He's had to wait six more years to get him at the Olympic trials here in the 5K prelims. Sorry, I've been trying to find the, the matchup the stats there, so I'm really happy about Terrific. that. Anyway. Terrific, terrific. Uh, there you go, you bring Fing, it up. See, look. Fing Mo. <laughs> Can we talk about a Fing Mo now? Or do you want to talk about more Klinger versus Mance head-to-heads? I mean, give the people what they want, right? They want to know about the two BYU kids going at it. Look, uh, anyway, okay. so a thing, Mo. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about yes. a thing, Mo, because just as it's obvious that if you run 334 as a high school senior, if you run 157 and 49 and change and break collegiate records in the 400 and 800 as a freshman, you're probably going to go pro. And that's what happened to Thing Mo, signed with Nike. She wore the Nike jersey in the first round of the 800. Going to stay in College Station. Again, continuity with the coaching. That's a theme that we've been seeing. I'm assuming you are not surprised in the least by this, Gordon. No, but do you know who is surprised? Bianca Knight, former AM athlete, who tweeted at me or at the people, which I was trying to find a tweet, where she was so, so certain that no one, people who go to AM don't go pro early. And then everyone tweeted at her, like, uh, Shamir Literal. Quote tweeted her like I did that. I tweeted at her, uh, Donovan Brazier. She was so she confident to, that no one from AM goes pro early. She uh, went to Texas, not Texas AM. Oh, she go to Texas? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, she seems so certain. I thought she went to AM. I don't know. Anyway, I thought this not to again. Your takeaways her, on some of these big news stories are just really unique. You're really going in a different direction <laughs> than everybody else. I'm sorry. I mean. <laughs> What are we supposed to say? The fastest runner that we've seen in almost a generation is now getting paid to run. It makes sense. You know. Oh, yeah, here's a tweet. I'm going to read it out oh, loud then- for people listening. Bianca Knight, on June 10th, LOL, they clearly do not know that A&M lets you know out of the gate you run in there all four years, playa. I'll be very shocked if that changes because of what she runs. Then I responded with just a picture of Donovan Brazier. Which like, I, this uh, this is the best Brazier picture, the Brazier doing the Jordan shrug, I think. Yeah. Of any 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 of the Brazier catalog, I think this is the best, the best one. That is a, a iconic photo. Uh, it needed. I wish it happened in a bigger stage, so more people saw it, more people were exposed to it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you're not surprised. I guess you were just wondering where is she going to end up training, yeah. and how will that change? And I think they've managed the workload for her this year perfectly and i think she's improved and she looks like she's still having fun and she's keeping it varied between the four and the eight and i think that's exactly what you'd want to get out of her freshman campaign and so it makes sense that she'd continue with those same coaches there in college station all right can i ask you a question that maybe we gotta we, hurry up. 
We got to go. Okay. Uh, you look at this post, right? Is it interesting? I mean, Allison Felix did a whole thing about like against Nike when she left. Is it weird when Allison Felix like congratulates someone for going to Nike? Or are they able to look past the transgressions that Nike did to her? Right? I, Isn't that kind of... I, no, I think... Well, I think she understands the big role that Nike plays in the sport. And I think Allison Felix is also they're trying to change it to make it better. So later on down the line... These some of these athletes who choose to start a family will have more protections than than Felix did. I mean, she's Wes Felix is going to be her agent, so I think yeah. they have eyes wide open here. I don't Felix Felix has has been around. She's incredibly smart. I think she knows exactly what the landscape is. I don't think she thinks oh Nike's just going to disappear all of a sudden. I think it's how do you yeah, make it true. work individually for you and and how do you change how do you change the biggest company just cuz she's not with them anymore i don't think she thinks she, her company is going to sign every single athlete out there i think she knows that nike's yeah. going to continue to be a big part of track and field all right can we talk about Wayne Kalati now do you want to talk about this one oh yeah Wayne Kalati she's she might make the team why not what do you think think she, all right for those who don't know she's now american She's been trying to get her citizenship. She got the citizenship. She, um, for those who know the story, she has an interesting story. She came to America when she ran away after she basically fled the world uh, junior championships in Eugene. She -hmm. came here with with her team, uh, with her country, and then she just didn't get back on the plane. And then she went to school in Virginia as just, you know, as a fleeing, what do you call it when you flee? A refugee type situation where she was going to school in Virginia. Then she goes to New Mexico, trains under Joe Franklin. Now she got a pro deal. She's still able to uh, train in the U.S. under the pro deal. And now she got American citizenship. It's like a crazy story. To, and it's all centered around running, which is what's wild about it. Like running brought her to America. Running is what able for her to kind of go from just a – a refugee to now develop status, run fast enough to get recruited to Division One school, to get a name for yourself, to be able to run well enough to get a pro contract that then ultimately leads to you be able to run professionally and potentially represent the country internationally in that sport. Like running basically is de- defined her, basically her life status in a, in a, in a weird way. You know, it, it brought her to the country and now running is what's going to make her become an, a U.S. citizen. It's just, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So, it's a great story. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we obviously know her very well because she competed in college and was so good for all those years. Yeah. And for all this, I mean, I'm curious just to you see the interview with her after all this happening at, seemingly at the last minute here has got to be a lot to handle. Now, in terms of the running part of it, can she make the team? Absolutely, she can make the yeah. team because and and for all the reasons that you mentioned there, what a story it would be. Um, we talked about the women coming back from the five thousand. Of course, they're going to be a factor. You have to count for people like Emily Sisson in there as well, Emily Enfell, but she could do it. She could she could one hundred percent make this team. We've seen her run some good races since she's gone pro. So 
there's a chance. I'm interested to see how the pure 5K, sorry, the pure 10K people do as compared to the 5, 10 folks. You ready for uh, projecting thoughts that I have? Take, I don't know how to explain what I'm thinking. Imagine a scenario. Uh, Carissa Schweizer, Elise Cranny, both finish in the top three. Maybe they go one, two. But Emily Infeld finishes fifth. Mm -hmm. Could you see them purposely both scratching to get their teammate onto the Olympic team? Because they obviously have the 5K. Man, you love this question. The intentional scratch. But like, it's double intentional because they need to get two scratches to get all the way down to the fifth place runner. It's not just one scratch for fourth place. It's two to get to the fifth place. Like, I think it would be tough before you've seen the start lists. Because <laughs> we just had these Ethiopian trials where you didn't see anybody doubling. But they obviously reserve the right to change that, and those things aren't set in sun. You don't know what Safan Hassan is going to do. The, the Kenyan trials also saw people um, that are kind of all over the place in terms of we don't know who's going where. You'd think that Obir would be there. But I would want to see the like who's actually towing the starting line. Because the difference between Hassan running an event and not running an event is enormous. And yeah. it makes up for the gap – between am I just better in the five or better in the 10, if that makes sense. Because those events can kind of blend together. Like Schweizer's good in both. She's yeah. raced more in the 5,000. Her PR's better in the 5,000. But I think she, she'll be she'll even out. Like if she ran a bunch of time trials at the 10, I think she'd get down to that similar type of level in the 10. The difference is, because this is the, this is the Olympics. It's not a diamond league. So Ethiopia can send three. Kenya can send three. You have Safan Hassan there. So you have a finite amount of people who can finish ahead of you. And you just want to know which people are being sent. So if you had to make the decision, it depends when you need to make the decision. Because if you need to say it in the next week, no. But if you could wait and you could look at, okay, this one's loaded. There's no way I'm going to get a medal there or my chances are way worse. Then you'd want to avoid that race. But the, the weird thing is like G'day has, you know, 2801, right? And then you have... In the, 2901. In the, 2901. 2901. Excuse me. Well, she'll probably run 28 soon, too. But um, <laughs> like Sagai is third there uh, with a 2939, but they said they're not going to double anybody. And she's also run ridiculously fast in the five as well. So are they actually not going to double anybody? Um, but yeah, like you look at the yearly list, right? Ethiopia, then Safan Hassan for the Netherlands and Sagai, then someone from Bahrain, but then Ethiopia, Ethiopia, and then Kenya, 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 yeah. until you get down to at least Cranny. So it's really going to be, you could probably say eight people plus the US, right? So basically, if you beat all the non contender type, you know, Kenyans, Ethiopians, and then Hassan, plus you leave a space for one other person, you finish ninth. So long way to say, I don't think so. Unless you unless you can wait a little bit to know who's running what. I just I just want, you know, someone to scratch the five K so we can get Abby Cooper on the team. Yeah. <laughs> get a little story. It'll be fun. After yeah, coming she... back from her injury and then running the time trial in the prelim and then getting fourth. 
uh, that'll be kind of that'll be wild. I mean, she needed someone to scratch. She needed a Bowerman Track Club athlete to scratch in 2016 for her to go to the 5K. It was Emily Enfield mm-hmm. scratching in the 5K that got her onto the Olympic team. So maybe another Bowerman athlete does the same thing. Who knows? You never know. Anyway, any other things? I guess we we don't have enough time to talk about death heats. We can talk about death heats tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is when they are happening, though. Okay, we'll do it really quick. Yeah, I already got them. Rapid fire. Okay, what are the death heats? Hit me. Men's 200, first round. Here's your death. No. (laughs) Women's eight. So first heat, Schlachterhofen, Mara, Herda, Price, Moe, Grace, Green, and Willis. And then second heat is Whitaker, Risk, Aiken, Sutherland, Wilson, Rogers, Allie Wilson, and then Meyer. I think it's heat two. No, I think it's heat one. Mm, You could be wrong. All right. No, I could be right too. It's definitely one. Grace, Men's, Green, Mo. That's that could be your Olympic team. I think Sutherland, Wilson, Rogers, and then you got I don't. Aikens looked pretty poised today. Myers got the hot hand with the NCAA championship. So what is it? Three plus two. So I guess if you were to yeah. pick, who are the best three in that first heat? You'd say Mo, Grace, and Green, or no Price? Yeah. No, I'd say Mo, Grace, and Green. I mean, Price at the fastest qualifying time, 159. Yeah, I guess no. if you're going on PBs, though. So you'd think it would be those three, and then Price would get in on time, and then one other person. Yeah, yeah. so for my heat, it would be Wilson, Rogers, Sutherland. Maybe you're right. I changed my mind. Okay, men's 1500. Boom. Team Gordon. Heat one. 1500. Heat one. Ooh, this, one this, this is crazy. I mean, it's clearly Sorry. heat two. It's heat two. Yeah. He too has look okay. Hawker Thompson Centro Kessler Win Prakel. It's Heat Two. Yeah. Yeah. Heat one. It's Nagoose, Angles, Avila, Sieti, Suleiman. He top too we could go. see something crazy happen. Yeah. Well, top five goes. You could have you could have Hawker, Centro, Thompson. Kessler, Prakel, or Win. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, women's two, they got Prandini and Thomas in different heats. I think I'll go heat one, though. Irby and Nellis, Bryant, Prandini, Sturgis, Flannel, Akinison, and Felix. Just a lot of people with, with good resumes in that first heat. And then heat two, as I mentioned, has got Thomas and Battle in there, along with Brittany Brown. Quinera Hayes in there, too. Men's steeple final Felix tomorrow. And- Felix in lane nine. This would be wild. Yeah, way better than lane one. Way yeah. better than lane one. on this, Or lane two, excuse me. That's the innermost lane that they use on this. All right, we'll leave it there. I think that's going to be it. Tomorrow one we'll last thing. Yeah. Show, show, the, show the start list of the men's steeple on the screen. Wait for it. What do you think Andy Bear is thinking right now when he sees that start list? <laughs> is he thinking, I should have trained for an extra year? I, I think he's thinking it. Things just to, like the timing was just really, really <laughs> strange this year, right? I mean, did could he have anticipated that? Could anybody have anticipated that? I you couldn't you could not anticipate you know people getting hurt, people not showing up. It's wild, dude. It is one thirteen on the East Coast. So if you're watching yeah, from yeah, the yeah. East Coast, respect. Uh, enjoy your Friday tomorrow. We'll be back here. I'm signing us off. No questions because oh. it's late. We Someone asked about the Jamaican the trials, though. Someone said about the we'll Jamaican about trials. Jamaica. We'll talk about tomorrow. We'll talk about tomorrow. Extra we'll hour. Tomorrow. 
X, just keep going. One more hour. No, 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 no. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, subscribe, do the whole thing. Watch the trials. We'll be live tomorrow after the conclusion of day whatever it is. Eight. Six. Six.